Dan, we are so honored and privileged. So would you please welcome Dan Seaborn. Thank you. Good morning. Does this thing turn anymore? Is that it? That is one weird angle. Because half the stuff in my Bible is going to fall out. I'm going to lay my Bible over here and my notes over here. Good morning, ladies. I've been coming here how many years, Pastor Karen? Do you know? 30, 30 or 40? 30 or 40. Uh, this is the quietest I've ever seen you. It's the quiet. No, it's the quiet. No, no, no. It's quiet. It's not, it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying it's the quietest I've ever seen you. I don't know if it's snow hangover or you're just kind of ready to have a break. I'm not sure. It's a good thing. I think it's probably a good thing for what I want to talk about today. Uh, it is a privilege for me to always come and share with you. I speak today at the uh, Chamber of Commerce meeting, and that is no problem. This one freaks me out because, I, again, it's, it's crazy as I was sitting here thinking about my mom. Um, I, want you to, I want you to notice something about this video because I just saw it. I, I had not seen it before I got here today either. Those children probably don't say those same things straight to their moms. They said it to a camera when they were asked. Most of you in this room, my kids never say that stuff, no. So I want you to remember that your faithfulness as a mom, doing what you do every day as a mom, that's what your children are seeing. That's what they're recognizing. This morning I want to talk about parenting. Uh, I wanted to start by just saying um, that I thank you for being moms and being parents. Just by coming to this on a Thursday morning, I know you're committed. And then secondly, I also know you're wanting to grow. So your children and grandchildren are already blessed. I thought it would be kind of fun. I want you to get in, your, get in your head the number of children and grandchildren you have. Okay, just get that number in your head for a second. Think through your children and grandchildren. I'll give you a second. Some of you don't know. Uh, just, just think it through. And then on the count of three, I want you to yell that number, okay? So yell the number loud. I need to hear it all so I can add them all up. So one, two, three. Man, that's like 790 kids. There's a lot of kids. And they're being influenced by you every day. And just like the moms in the video, if I said to you, how are you as a mom, you probably wouldn't start with anything positive. You would probably start with something negative. And I want to challenge you in that area today as I talk to you. I'm coming in a few weeks on Sunday morning, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview of what I'm going to talk about there, because I'm going to talk about parenting. And this morning, I want to speak to you just as moms and challenge you, but also encourage you, because there's really only a couple of major things you need to be able to know that you're passing on to your children, and I'm going to cover those today and show you biblically why they're so important. But before I do that, I want to kind of talk about how we put pressure on ourselves. So there's a picture coming up on the screen of this little girl on, you know, that had a fluffy little picture taken. You, some of you may have done this sort of thing. So there was another mom who thought, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to do that same thing. Maybe you've seen this. But the second picture represented what this mom tried to do. <laughs> and that's more what it feels like, doesn't it? I mean, you know, there's this thing as parents that we have. There's this unspoken picture number one that we're going for. I'm going to be this kind of parent, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to make an impact, blah, blah, blah. And when you look at your life, you kind of go, it's more like number two. It's, it's what we feel like. And I want to ask you today to consider several things. There are some myths we don't really talk about them a lot, but they're in our head. 
We put incredible pressure on ourselves. For example, here's the first myth. We live in a world where we have this myth that I have to be a perfect parent. And I want to tell you, the fact is, I just want to blow that out. The fact is, there is no such thing as a perfect parent. You're going to fail. I've been parenting for 108 years. Okay, you add up the age of my children, 108. Some of you say, you look that, be nice. Be nice. I just had a lady tell me her husband has a man crush on me. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself this morning. I will ask you, though, I don't like this, Pastor Karen. Hannah and I both spoke at the Priceless thing, right? And I got to tell you, if I look back at my last year, that was one of my favorite days and one of my favorite speeches that the Lord blessed me with just from my heart. And so for those of you who were there, that was special for me. Some of you complimented it, but I loved it because it honored my mom, but also reminded me of her greatness in the Lord. But what I'd say to you is, what I, so Hannah gets invited to speak at y'all's retreat. I never get invited. I get invited to the men's retreat. They smell. They don't shower. They eat crappy food. Come on. I want to be invited to your event. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But as we look at our life as parents, we often think of ourselves as, you know, struggling and failing. And I want to take some pressure off you as moms today. You, in my 108 years of parenting, I have failed a lot. A lot. I look back at things I wish I would have done differently, even biblically. I mean, there are some passages of scripture that I can roll off my tongue. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. That's a great Bible verse in Ephesians, but I failed in that with my children. I've had things that roll off my tongue that I can't get them back. They're out there. My, my children have thoughts and images and ideas. I remember once my child telling me some things that she remembered me saying. I'm like, I didn't say that. She's like, yeah, you did that. Because when you're a parent, what you do is powerful to your children. You, you don't even understand the power of your words. And as a parent, you're going to mess up. Um, you saw the theme word of those ladies. I, I thought the theme word of them struggling was patience. And some of you in here today, uh, you struggle with patience. I did too, not even a mom, but I did too. And because of that, we can have this sense of, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a failure. And we don't really talk about it. You know, you don't go to your friends and say, hey, you know, I've been really messing up as a mom. You don't say that. But it's okay if you do because you're normal. Another myth that I think you moms, we all have it, but as moms you have in your life, myth number two is, uh, I should know how to handle anything that comes up. And so you feel like when those things happen, the fact is, number two, is simply that there will be times when you have no clue. As I look back at my life, um, as I was thinking about this little message, there are so many of them. Good grief, there's so many of them. But three things uh, kind of came back to my mind and my memory. And I'm going to share them with you because as you go through things and you don't know how to handle them, I want you to know you're normal. You ladies all know that I lead an organization called Winning at Home. So that would give the connotation right away that, well, nothing ever happens to his house. He can't figure out. So it would insinuate, but it's not true. Uh, going back to the early childhood of my children, I had a daughter one night, um, during the night, had a temp, and the temp was, when I tell you, you're not even going to believe me, you're going to think I'm making this up, but I wrote it down, and I did a little article about it later on, it was 105.7, that's crazy, I, 
I didn't know she was born. I'm going to have 105.7 temp. At 2 o'clock in the morning, what do you do? You call 911. I call 911. I don't know what to do. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry to bother. I don't know what to do. My daughter has 105. Oh, what? I mean, even the, lady, even the lady's panicking. And I'm like, well, ma'am, I don't know. She goes, get that child in the water. Slam her into cold. Take her and dump her in cold water. I'm thinking, will you think this through with me for a second? If a child has 105.7 and is crying and you go, hey, I got an idea. Let's put them into cold water. They're just going to scream worse. You don't know what to do. And you say, where's Jesus in that moment? He's there. He gave me guidance. I mean, just take it a moment at a time. Some of you are going to face a moment today that you aren't expecting. And you right now would not know how to handle that moment. I would tell you one of the reasons I'm so thankful I'm a believer in the Lord. He'll give me the grace to get through that moment. It doesn't mean it's going to turn out perfect. But he'll give me the grace to know how to handle it. I remember another fun thing. Uh, my son, I have a son named Josh. lives in Camden, New Jersey, uh, part of a church there. Josh is 28 now. Uh, but when he was probably, I want to say like 10, I, I was one of those dads that when I travel and speak, which I do a lot, uh, when I would come home, sometimes I would bring a little gift or something. And I was walking through the airport, and one of those little kiosks, those kind of things, they were selling flashing belly button rings. They were just these little rings, and you could turn them on, and they were about the size of a dime, and they just flashed. And I thought, that's cool. And they, with an any, you stuck them in. If you had an Audi, you had a magnet. Either way, it worked. So I bought them. I bought them all a belly button ring. And I had them sit on the little chair when I got home. And I, I said, hey, guys, close your eyes. And I put it in their hand. And every one of them, oh, this is, I'm like, yeah, put it in. So we had fun. Stick the rings in. And Josh was my son who was notorious for putting everything in his mouth. And I said to him, when I gave it to him, I said, Jay, dude, please, don't, it's got a magnet on it, and everything. just don't put it in your mouth. What did he do with that stupid thing? He put it straight in his mouth. He comes to my bedroom that night, Dad. I'm like, Jay, no. And I said, was it on? He said, yeah. I'm like, so dude, you got a belly button ring flashing in your belly right now, lighting up. Like, I think it's still going. It was on when I swallowed it. I don't know what to do with that. I didn't wake up that morning planning on dealing with that. That's life. Many of you had crazier than that. Your children have swallowed even crazier. If we started sharing about it, it would be crazy. Um, and I remember and that. I remember calling the doctor. What do we do, doc? He's like, well, we'll give it four days. After four days, if it doesn't come out, we've got to do surgery. We're like, boy, let's eat, son. Eat. <laughs> it came out. Thank the Lord it came out. No more information, but it came out. Was not flashing. Then going to, like, older teen life, I can still remember the night. It was 2 in the morning. And some of you know I've had challenges with wayward children. I've talked about it here. It's not a big secret. Um, but I woke up at 2 in the morning. I'm laying in bed, Jane and I are asleep, and the phone just starts, vib my phone is vibrating, and it's my daughter's name on the phone. Um. She's upstairs in bed asleep as far as I know. And her name's on the phone ringing. I go, hello? And it's a guy. It's a guy. It's like, Mr. Seaborn. I'm like, yeah? He said, uh, hey, hey, I'm calling. I, I need some help. I'm like, dude, you got my daughter's phone. He goes, yeah, she's fine. She's upstairs asleep. And I was like, well, where are you? He said, well, 
we were trying to sneak me in your house tonight, and your daughter had me locked in your trunk, so I'm in the trunk of your car in the garage, and I can hardly breathe, and, and I, I didn't want to call you, but I thought I better call you, because I don't know if I'm going to live in this, and, and I'm like, well, where are you, son? Where are you? I'm in the trunk of your car in the garage. I'm like, you're dead serious? He goes, I'm serious. He said, if you come out of your garage and open it up. I said, what happened? He said, well, you know, my daughter, she must have fallen asleep and forgot about me. Are you guys, are you serious? I got this dude in the trunk of the car in my garage. And, you know, I lay there for a second going, do I just let him stay there? But then if he dies, I don't make the paper. I can't do that. So I go out. James like, who is it? I go, oh, no, come with me. There's a dude in the trunk. Two in the morning, I go out. She goes, you going to get Anna? I'm like, no, let her stay asleep. I'll deal with it. So I go out in the garage. I, I'm in my garage. I pop the trunk. The dude jumps out. And then he ran out into the dark. And Jane's like, you're going to chase him? I'm like, no, I'm going to bed. I'll deal with it tomorrow. Nobody told me that was going to happen. I don't want this. I don't want, to, I don't want people in my trunk. Parenting, huh? And some of you can match my story. I hope you got them out of your trunk. But some of you have crazier stories. It's life. It's parenting life. And things are going to come your way. If you're here and you're a really young mom and, and you listen to my story, you go, that is not going to happen to me. Well, bless you. I hope not. But I bet you got some surprises coming. Because kids are kids. Teens are teens. And you can teach them to love the Lord like crazy, and they still do things because, remember, for a teenager, it's very important for you to get this, the frontal lobe. I'm, I, it is all about Jesus, but I also study the mind. Our counselors understand the mind. Jesus is the healer, but it's good for you to know your frontal lobe of your teenagers is not fully mature. They don't have the same ability to give rational adult thinking as you do. So when your teenager does something that's really crazy, you go, why would you do that? Because the sensors in the front of their brain, the frontal lobe, last thing to develop, it fully develops, I'll encourage you today, at the age of 29. <laughs> yeah, so you got teenagers, you got 10 more good years there coming. The, the front of their brains, don't, they, they just don't connect. That's why, you know, they do things. And you go, why would you do that? Because nothing's going to happen. I'm a teenager. And when you get your age, it connects. And you go, you don't ride on the top of a car at 50 miles an hour. That's not smart. But as a teenager, cool. So you're going to experience some, some things as a parent that you aren't expecting. And in that moment, do not. my first thought needs not to be, I am such a failure. My first thought needs to be, God, you made this child. So now can you give me some pointers on dealing with them? Because they're yours first. Thank you, first of all, for that thought. And now, secondly, help me know how to care for them while we're on this earth. Because ultimately, they're your child. They're not my child first. They're his child first. And if you will approach it that way, it'll take a lot of pressure off yourself. Because some of you are going to experience things as a parent that, listen, that you won't even want the other ladies in the room to know you're going through. It's a weird thing. I'm pretty open and honest about mine because... It's what the Lord's kind of called me to do. But I have friends who, who will come to me. I, I had it happen um, two nights ago. I went to a basketball game. I sat on the bleachers with a guy. All, or like six of us guys 
who were friends, and he huddled really close. Hey, I'm dealing with something with my teenager, and I want to talk to you about it. I'm like, okay. But he didn't want the others to know. Because there's something inside us that feels like if my kid's struggling, then everybody, I'm, I'm a failure. You are not. You are not. You're little children who have temper tantrums that you can't control. You are not a failure. Um, my little grandson, my little grandson's four and a half at my house the other day. And he's playing with his toys and he picked up from it. He's going to school now. He dropped the F-bomb in my house. That's not normal for a four-and-a-half-year-old. So my first thought was, what's his mom? It's not his mom. He heard something, and he's got it in his head now, and we've got to work it out. And it's life. And your children are going to do things that are horribly embarrassing. I mean, you know, you, you have, if you've got young children, you go in the grocery store, they're going to say something to somebody you're going by in the aisle. They're going to do it. And in those moments, just understand you have never been in this spot before. And in that spot, you can say, God, give me grace. Give me the ability to know how to handle this right now. And stop thinking you have to be perfect and you have to know it all. You don't. Number three, the third myth is I have to do all I can to make them happy. That is not true. What is true is happiness is fleeting. Healthiness lasts. Teach your children to be healthy. Grow them to be healthy. So today I'm going to show you a way to do that. And what I'm going to do is tell you a bunch of Jesus, about a bunch of God's kids. God had this group of kids and they were the Israelites. You've heard of them. They struggled. They even wandered around for about 40 years. And God is the perfect parent. He was the perfect father. And his kids still struggle. And I want to show you what happens in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Because in this little passage, the Lord gives you direction on what's most important for your children. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, uh, God's word gives us what God said to the Israelite children. Now you have to understand in that day, the area and the times was polytheistic, many, many gods. In our culture, yeah, there, you know, you can make a case that there are different gods, but by and large in, in America, we do think of God being God. In this culture, there are millions of gods. And so when God gave this passage to the Israelites, he was saying to them, okay, listen, you need to understand what I'm about to say to you is very important. You'll see how important by what he tells them to do. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, hear, my children. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You are to love your God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The commandments that I'm giving you today are to be upon your hearts. You are to impress them on your children. You are to talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you rise up. You are to tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. D just let me get it. God said to his children, look, I need to know that for the generations to come, your children are going to remember I'm God. So I'm going to tell you ladies something today. If you want to know what you're going to care about. Let, let's just go forward, okay? Maybe you live this long, maybe you don't. Maybe you will live way longer. I'm not sure. Let's go to 80. You guys, all of you go to the age of 80. Picture yourself at 80. 
Go ahead. Go on forward. Picture yourself at 80. Some of you are worried about wrinkles. Stop. I want you to think about parenting right there. At the age of 80, if you were 80 today, what would you want your children to know? I can tell you. Just about the fact that you're here this morning tells me. You would want them to know that God is God. And you would look at your life and you would, you would judge yourself by saying, did I, did I live it? Did I tie it on my forehand? Did I put a lamppost on my house? Because scripture, what God said was, I want you, when you're walking, lying down, rising up, everything you do. He's saying all day long, make sure you tell your children that God is God. And I want to tell you, ladies, that you are really busy. In fact, Josh Straub's a friend of mine. He did a little survey recently of 700 parents. A lot of them obviously would be ladies. And he asked them, as a parent, what are you most concerned about? Here's what they said. How to deal with technology, phone stuff, uh, how to teach and foster independence from me, uh, how to communicate to them, teaching them to respect me and others, patience, how to have patience, how to, teach, how to, how to use discipline effectively, how to balance my time as a mom, that's it. Those are the things y'all think about all day long. But when you turn 80, you won't look back at all that stuff. You'll look back and go, do they? Because see, when you get really close to the end, all that matters is God. I remember my mother's last words. My mom, um, she was very sick. She was in the hospital. I'd visited her a couple of times. I held her hand. I kissed her because I had to go. I, I was traveling to go preach somewhere. And I said, Mom, any final words? Any final thing you'd say to me? I said, I'm going to come back, try to come back in a week and see you. I didn't get to. She passed. So I held her hand in the hospital. I kissed her on the forehead. Mom, any final word you would say to me? And she said, I've preached all I can, son. Go do it. It's your turn. That was what she said. I've preached all I can. I'm done. It's your turn. And you know what she, she was saying? Just be faithful to God. Be faithful to carry forth the message of God. You know what she wanted to know? That those grandkids will know about God. Because when you're 80, that's what matters. And I'm trying to take you ladies out to 80 today and then back you back up to where you are. Most of you are really young. And I'm telling you, living faithful by teaching your children about God to your 80, it's going to be a big job. They live in a world that tries to teach them everything but God. And you get a window in your life and in your home and in your church to partner together to teach these principles that God is God. Teach them. Teach them. Teach them. Now, here's, here's what I want to say very carefully because I know I'm in a church that teaches the Word of God. But sometimes as parents, we can err to the side of just teaching it. So I'm asking you to leave two things for your children today. Teach it. Teach it. In other words, secondly, most important, live it. Live it. Teaching it's fine, but just teaching it looks like legalism and dogma. I love my father to death. Uh, you guys know he was with me. I preached last time. I rode him. He rode with me to the hospital yesterday to visit someone. He'll, he'll be with me the next time I come preach on Sunday morning. He'll, he'll be sitting right there in the seat. I love him to death, but his teaching style was dogma. You will follow God. And he didn't live that. 
He would curse. He would do all kinds of stuff. I said, Dad, that doesn't match up. You don't worry about me, boy. You live what I tell you. Let me just tell you what that is for a child. Turn off. It's a turn off. Live the way you ask your children to live. Set the example in front of them, behind them, around them. Just be like Jesus. I remember my son, Alan, uh, both of my boys weren't big talkers. If you have boys, you probably get that. My girls never stopped talking, but my boys didn't really talk a lot. And Alan was in his late teens, early 20s, maybe college age. I can't remember exactly. But one day I said to him, son, you just don't ask me a lot of questions. I said, you know, I love you to death and you're a good kid, but you just don't. Like, when you make life decisions, you just don't ask me a lot of questions. And he said, well, Dad, there's, there's one reason. I remember him looking at me and going, Dad, I, well, no, Dad, I don't. And I said, why don't you ever just talk to me? He said, I don't need to. I watch how you live, and I really like the way you live, and I just figure if I do what you've done, that'll be right. And I remember going, holy cow. I didn't know he was watching me like that, but I, I need to set an example for him because he's watching And your children today, they're watching. They see. They add it up in their minds. How many of you in this room remember back to your mom and dad and think to yourself, there's some good things there, and those are the things I don't want to repeat. Well, your children are doing that right now. They won't say that out loud to you, but trust me, you do something, they go, I'm not doing that. When I get their age almost dead, that's what you look to them. You know, my little grandchildren, when they look at me, they're going, man, it's not going to be long. I mean, that's just the way it is. But they're watching, and they're learning, and they're establishing what they're going to be like based largely on the way you act. So you have to understand it's why it's so important that you live it. Ladies, when you're impatient, just say, sorry, I lost it. I remember I'd say to my kids a lot, um, I've never had a kid your age before, and I'm trying to learn to deal with it, so I'm sorry. And you are learning and growing. And I know that your desire, I know the desire of every lady, grandma, mom, even maybe a pregnant mom or a mom-to-be in this room. I know your desire is to love your children. I know your desire is for them to love and honor the Lord. Okay, just go try to live that the rest of your day. And all the days to come. This is routine. Do it over and over and over. And I've said many times, repetition creates reputation. If you do it over and over, that's what you'll be known for. And my goal as a dad is to repeat doing the right things a lot of times. And hopefully leave that legacy for my children. I think quite often, I'm a little different that way. I've done it even this week. I did it even last night. I will sit by myself and ponder what people will say by my casket, whatever they do to me, whatever. What will people say? What will my children say? If I was gone today, what would they say? I know what I want them to say. So I need to live today in such a way to earn that statement. And I challenge you moms, um, stop thinking you've got to be perfect. Today, if the Lord has spoken into your heart just one thing, that you go, I could do that better, then go do it better.
We're going to sit in a moment around the tables, and we're going to discuss three questions. I believe those are handed out already. Right, Pastor Ken? They're on the tables. So I want you to sit, and I want you to talk about what you could do as a person, as a mom, a grandmother, to grow as an individual. And remember, God Almighty left two simple principles to his children. Teach it and live it. I want you to go do that in your houses. All the other stuff's important, but teach it and live it. Honor Jesus. Father God, I pray uh, right now over these moms. They want to honor you. I just know it's in them. It's why they're here. They want to be effective. They want to pass principles of holiness to their children. And yet, <laughs> I'm sure there's some moms thinking, good grief, I, I really struggle with this and this and this. So today, Lord, forgive them. And help them to surrender, even their parenting to you. Bless them this morning as they leave here. With these simple thoughts, a simple thought. Teach it, live it, simple. And I pray these moms would grasp that thought and that their children would be blessed because of it. I'm guessing there are also some moms who don't have a husband or a father involved who agrees with these principles. He's teaching other principles by the way he lives. So help them to be faithful to what they know is right. Uh, I thank you that my mom uh, taught me what was right even at times when dad wasn't there to support her. And now today, who am I honoring as I speak? I'm honoring my mother because she most lived like you. Thank you for that legacy. Help us all to go and try to copy and duplicate that idea of teaching our children about Jesus. We love you this morning. Pray your blessing over all these moms and all their children and even our little round-the-table time here. Would you bless it? as we're open and honest with each other. In Jesus' name we all said, amen. amen.